0: the Jim Leach Show continues, we welcome State Senator Andy Minar in for his monthly check-in. Senator, always great to have you here. Thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it.
1: You bet, Jim. Thanks for having me. I want to
0: start off with something just came out today. We got a press release from your office related to the Farm Family Resource Program. Uh, What exactly uh, is this and what's it intended to do?
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, This is a relatively new program um, that uh, seeks to put in place what I think is Um, an under-talked-about story, especially in the ag community in downstate, and this is something that Senator Scott Bennett, my colleague from Champaign and I, championed in this year's budget again. Um, We're asking the SIU School of Medicine, uh, based in Springfield and their Center for Rural Health, to set up a hotline uh, that farmers and farm families um, can call should they need mental health um, support or they need some other type of assistance Oftentimes, the agricultural sector, gym gets overlooked when it comes to mental health services. So this is something that the School of Medicine is um, propping up. Uh, we're proud of it. We think it's going to be a great service for downstate families in the agricultural community.
0: You know, um, we we know how badly the pandemic has impacted so many families economically and in terms of their mental health. Farming, of course, was an essential uh, and remains an essential service. Uh, in general, from your perspective, Senator, how do you feel like uh, our, our farm community is is uh, faring during this time?
1: Well, keep in mind um, before COVID. Um, before COVID came about and really struck in March and early April, farmers were going through and reeling from a set of policies, frankly, from the Trump administration, uh, that put them at a severe economic um, disadvantage. Many would say uh, more so than they have ever experienced in their lives. So that was before COVID. And then here comes COVID, and that's another layer of stress um, on uh, a sector of our economy and workforce, and small businesses that that have already seen their fair share, or, or I would argue more than their fair share, even. So, so those two things in combination. This, you know, this, um, uh, you know, this hotline through School of Medicine and the Center for Rural Health uh, was, you know, predated COVID, um, but it, it. I think it's timely, and I think there's so many things in state government. Um, we we truly better. And and understand with more clarity their importance when we have a pandemic and something as far reaching as COVID. We, we we really understand how important things are uh when when there's so much need out there.
0: Senator, with that in mind, I want to move on to a few other questions uh, directly related to the pandemic. And, and and the first thing is of course I know you're seeing uh as we're all seeing here locally and around the state, and the governor's noted it as well, uh various parts of the state where the numbers are rising at an alarming rate, uh, and this all really, at least here in our area, coincides pretty directly with moving into phase four, reopening bars and restaurants for indoor service and things. And since then, the numbers have been uh, growing growing pretty steadily here. Did we reopen too fast? And do we need to really kind of rethink uh, what we did in phase four?
1: I don't think so. I think Illinois remains a model in our country for how to handle uh, a government response to this global pandemic. I think what though has changed, Jim, is, and this is partially due to summer. I think it's also partially due to uh, fatigue. Everyone, um, I think, is tired of dealing with this. Uh, but but we have to go back to the basics. And I'm pleased that the governor is traveling the state and spending time downstate to talk about the basic things: wear a mask, wash your hands frequently. Pay attention to your distance from others uh, when you're outside of your home. Um, Arguably, those things need to be repeated. So I think it's less about moving to phase four. I think it's more about getting back to the basics. If we do those things, Jim, you know, if, if people voluntarily wear a mask when they leave their home, if they wash their hands frequently, if they keep their distance from other people, we would be in a very, very different situation than we are today. Keep in mind, we're in a much better place in Illinois than other states in the country, a dramatically better place. But I think it's appropriate for the governor to travel the state, which he's doing, to remind people, wear a mask, wash your hands, keep your distance from others when you're outside your home. But, Senator, you were
0: on hand yesterday for the governor's news conference where he talked about this public awareness campaign to encourage mask usage. And in those ads, it compares it to wearing a seatbelt or putting your child in a car safety seat all very good common sense things to do, but here in Illinois, we have penalties attached for non-compliance. If you don't wear a seatbelt, if you don't uh, put your child on a car safety seat, uh, you're looking at a ticket, you're looking at a fine. Do we need to put some more teeth into the enforcement of the mask mandate, uh, and should the legislature uh, be coming back to to do exactly that?
1: Well, uh, there's a lot to unpack here, Jim. Let me start with this, the analogy to seatbelts. My recollection is in the beginning when that law was passed, there were no penalties in place. Matter of fact, it wasn't even a moving violation Uh, that of course has changed over time uh number two and by the um, way senator
0: we got a lot more compliance once it did change you know we we had people ignoring it you know in in some degree until it became something you could be punished for
1: yeah Uh, i don't disagree with that but the governor also made the point yesterday that we don't have enough um uh, law enforcement available today to enforce fully uh mass compliance unfortunately but we do have, for example, Mayor Langfelder in the city of Springfield, I, took, I think, took a very prudent step in terms of uh, making sure that there is enforcement at place at the local level. And then finally, I think um, it's important to note that the governor did have an executive order, and he withdrew that, uh, excuse me, an emergency rule that went before the Joint Committee on Administrative Rules. He withdrew it, and JCAR failed to pass anything. Um, And that was an action, by extension, of course, of the legislature, the legislative branch. And uh, the governor was right to point that out yesterday. And uh, I think he also mentioned, and I I don't have an idea on timing on this, that there would be a forthcoming rule um, in the coming days or perhaps uh, next week. So, you know, we can talk about enforcement all we want, but it's not, you know, it's not, um, it doesn't have to be that hard. People can just wear a mask voluntarily voluntarily. And we can, we can do our part individually toward the collective effort to beat back COVID-19.
0: Given the fact, though, that a lot of people still are not doing that, and all I do is look around to see that that's the case, uh, we're on the brink of reopening schools, and that has been a real source of concern for a lot of people uh, that we are putting folks back into an environment that could be unsafe for them. Uh, What are your thoughts on on schools reopening, putting students and teachers back into those school buildings? And is this something where you think the governor uh, might intervene or should intervene uh, to to call for remote learning to start the school year?
1: Well, I I don't see that happening. The State Board of Education has uh, released detailed guidance to school districts that give them the opportunity on an individual basis to make decisions as a community. Um, I would tell you that I've had any number of conversations with administrators and school board members, teachers and parents over the last few weeks. And uh, from what I can see, you know, from my vantage point, school districts are taking every step uh, to make sure that whatever they do is reflective of the community and is safe at the same time. Um, There is no school district that I represent that is shirking its responsibility towards safety. I just, matter of fact, got off the phone with uh, Dr. Gill right before I called into the The station, Jim, and uh, we reviewed uh, the meeting last night, and she brought me up to speed on the school district's plans. Um, That's emblematic of what every school district is going through. It's tough stuff. This is not easy. But I want to go back to the mask issue, Jim, because opening schools safely isn't just on school districts, right? The responsibility isn't just on uh, Dr. Gill and the District 186 school board. The responsibility falls on everyone's shoulders, whether you have Kids in public school or private school or not, wear a mask, wash your hands, keep your distance from others. That will help schools be safer.
0: Senator, uh, last week you were on this station and said that you uh, would support a, a special session to deal with ethics legislation. It's an ongoing problem in state government impacting some of your colleagues in the legislature. Have you had any conversations with the governor? Do you see any possibility that anything like that's going to happen anytime soon?
1: Um, I have had conversations, and I've had conversations with many of my colleagues about it as well. And I, I want to I reiterate what I said Um, on the morning show that morning. And and that is this. Um, I think we can pass a bill. What I I wouldn't want to happen is that we call the legislature into session and then we just we sit there and uh, we don't have a consensus. But when it comes to ethics reform, I think there's plenty of ideas, Jim, that could go into a bill that would receive bipartisan support uh, from both sides of the aisle. And as I said on the show last week, These things have been around for a while, and I think it's time that we have a debate on those things in front of the House and the Senate. Whether that happens now or whether it happens in veto session uh, remains to be seen. It's most likely going to be later rather than sooner. But my point is this. um, We should always look for ways to refine oversight and transparency of our government at all levels, in this case at the state level. And there are things that I believe we could change in law that would receive support from democrats and republicans and i think it's time that we take a vote on those things get a bill passed send it to the governor for a signature
0: what would be uh what would be the, the single most important thing you would want to see put in that bill that might make a real meaningful difference in preventing some of the problems we've seen
1: yeah that's a good question and um this, this is going to sound this is not going to probably be the answer you expect jim but Um, it's in the weeds, but it's important. And that's updating the statement of economic interest that every elected official at every level of government, state and local government, um, you know, school boards, city councils, township offices, every elected official has to fill one of these things out every year. And it gives a level of transparency to us as elected officials, to the taxpaying and voting public updating that form, make it reflective of today not of when it was passed, I think it was several decades ago, making it relevant and real. That, to me, is one of the most important steps that we can take. The Senate has passed that bill, I think, two or three times. Um, It'd be nice if the House would pass it, but nonetheless, it could be the basis of a larger Package of reforms, but I think that's a really important one because it it's the basis of transparency for elected officials.
0: Senator, we've got an election coming up very, very quickly here. A lot of key things on the ballot: a U.S. Senate race, that fair tax constitutional amendment, legislative uh, races, congressional races as well. Uh, And Mike Madigan is still the head of the Democratic Party of Illinois with the cloud that's over him. Is that a problem for the party, and would you rather see uh, uh, Mr. Madigan no longer be the chair of the DPI?
1: Well, there's no doubt it's a distraction, Jim. I mean, it, there's no doubt that it's a distraction um, uh, for candidates that are on the ballot, and then for those of us that, that aren't this year, because I'm in the middle of a of a four-year term for the state Senate. Um, what I've always tried to do, and you've you've seen my races in the past where, um, the opposition, the Republicans try to paint every downstate member of the legislature as, you know, somehow being co-opted by the Speaker of the House. Um, what I try to do time and again is say that I'm my own person because I am. Um, I do what I think is right. Um, sometimes that means you buck your own party. Uh, but you do what you think is right for the district that you represent. That's what I've always tried to do. And I would be doing that whether Mike Madigan was uh was chairman of the Democratic Party or not,
0: Senator? One last question because we all need some good news. We're looking at a long fall where a lot of the things we love to do we are still going to be off limits in the midst of a pandemic. Any chance that we're going to get that extra hour of daylight in the evening, making daylight saving time <laughs> permanent?
1: You know, this is the bill that never goes away <laughs> <laughs> because because everyone's always reminded of it twice a year. Um, you, you know, I don't know. Uh, we pass it out of the Senate. There's some. There's some. Um, there's some alternative. ways to do this and I'm hopeful that the House is going to take it up. You know, of course, even if we do pass a gym, it requires the federal government to change, but um, there is, there's a movement among states to do this and, you know, I think it's, I think it's uh, remains to be seen. That would be my answer for you. I don't know what the House is going to do, but um I think it's a good policy change.
0: You you could salvage twenty twenty for us, Senator, if you can pull this off. I'm just saying. I
1: would I would agree with you. Sen- I would agree.
0: Senator Andy Minar, we also appreciate your time. Thanks. We'll talk soon. You
1: bet. Thank you.